Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Mama Bird over here. You are in for a treat. I have another one of my CEO badasses with me today, Michaela Gascon. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Priscilla. Happy to be here. This is a little bit difficult, though, because you and I do like to talk to each other with a glass of wine in our hands. Yes, it's a shame. It's it's not in our hands today. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm going to cry a little bit, but that's okay. Before we even jump into why you're here on the uh, Ponderings from the Perch, let's just digress right from the beginning and talk about your other passion project with your husband. Tell us about this winery, because it's like I want to live vicariously through you. Oh, it's, it's been wild, but uh, we are super excited. 20 Deep Winery, it's been many years in the making, and um, we have the pleasure of releasing our first seven wines just in time for the holidays. So we've got six pet nats uh, and a gamay in a still style, in a, in a Beaujolais Nouveau style, if you will. I'm really happy to share those with our consumers here in the Rochester area just in time for the holidays. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't even want to have the rest of the podcast. Let's, let's talk wine. (laughs) Well, for those of you who listened to my past uh, episode with my uh, dear friend, Lisa Wilding Brown, you know, she stepped in as CEO this year over at Innovate MR, and she is also based out of Rochester. And then Michaela Gascon, she actually stepped in as CEO this year over at KJT group. So she is a part of my, um, my tribe here that commonly gets referred to as female CEOs. And we would really like to just be called CEOs. I'm just, I'm just saying, just, just call us CEOs. That's what we are. Someday, someday, (laughs) someday. someday. Okay. Um, so without wine, you and I are going to try and have this actual (laughs) podcast conversation. We'll We'll do our best. Okay. Well, there are so many cool things going on at KJT Group, and I think they're very interesting to the industry as well. So as uh, stepping into that CEO role this year, I do think one thing that's very different about your situation is that you're stepping in, and a lot of people don't know this about KJT Group, but you guys are 100% employee owned. So tell us a little bit about that and how unusual that really is in this insights world? Yeah, it is pretty unusual. There's about 7,000 ESOPs in the U.S., but within the insights and analytics industry where, you know, we all thrive, um, there's probably a dozen or less of us that are ESOPs. So um, it's a pretty niche thing. And given the the influx of private equity backing that so many companies have in our space, um, we think it really even further differentiates us. And and we're really holding true um, to a specific culture, a specific way of doing things, And, you know, we're not just working with each other. We are literally working for each other. I love it. People can say that and that's such lip service, but this employee ownership is literal and it does make you really consider some of the things you don't think might be very important when you're working for someone like core values. And you and I had an amazing conversation about core values, why as a CEO, we feel they're so important and why, who knows why they're getting overlooked. Maybe it just seems like sometimes people are giving lip service, but let's talk a little bit about those core values. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them and what they are from KJT group, you know, and how you keep them front and center. What's going on? Our journey with our core values really started about two years ago and really solidifying, crystallizing what they were, what they are. Um, So we still have the same seven core values and um, they are balance. So we really um, want our employees to seek equilibrium uh, amongst all of life's challenges, both at work and outside of work. 
Uh, we have mutual respect as one of our core values, really graciously acknowledging each other, uh, being very respectful of each other's time. Empowerment. We want all of our employees to actually be empowered to make decisions, to do the right thing, you know, and really facilitating success throughout the company. That is the engine behind how we can grow and how we can scale uh, what we're doing here. We also have empathy, you know, really looking to understand something from someone else's perspective. And to us, this is really at the foundation of all the things we do. It plays off our user centricity, which is one of our um, service design thinking tenants that we follow in all of our client engagements. And we really wanted to make sure that that was, you know, really strong internally as well. We also have integrity. So, you know, the work that we do, we have to be very integrious around data quality and, you know, being honest with each other and giving each other feedback. You know, that's, that's something we really take seriously here. Then we have mindfulness, and we really mean that, like quieting your monkey mind. Uh, we have meditation practices here at work, um, truly being accountable for yourself, your actions, your emotions, and then also ever better. We are continuously seeking improvement. There's always something we can learn. There's always something we can do better next time. Um, that's really been at the backbone of the company since its inception, all the way back in 2007. And um, it definitely does play true. So you ask, you know, how do we how do we keep these all front and center? A couple of different things we do. Uh, one's kind of a, a week by week. And we actually have a program in place where we give each other impressions um, through our HR information system for actually living these core values every day, every week. You want to just basically give somebody a shout out. Um, we've got all the mechanisms in place to do that. We also roll that up at a monthly level. And it's an employee-sponsored um, program where you can actually give someone a, a shout out. Uh, they get, you know, a little bit of a, a financial kicker there, but also just really, you know, shining all those accolades on your colleagues um, is something we really embrace here. And then annually, we've actually built these all the way into our 360 process. So you assess yourself, your manager assesses you, and then your colleagues assess you as well. Um, are you really living our core values? Um, and then we talk about it. Yeah. Well, for an industry that really is focused on that deliverable that the client gets, it's so important to remember that how we're doing it is really mattering to, you know, all of our, our respected colleagues. So let's talk a little bit about the strategic thinking that is going on at KJT Group, because you have so much experience in strategic operations, right? And now you obviously, you know, those are still very important skills to what you're doing, but you're strategizing differently as the CEO. You're not necessarily strategizing just for clients anymore. So what's been that journey for you really going from the operations person, you know, leading the team that way to really an extension of leading the team in maybe a little bit different way. Yeah, it's, it really has been a journey as you're calling it. Um, but I think all of the experiences that I've been able to collect, uh, you know, along the way have really uh, paid off in my current role. So I've actually worked in every single department of the organization. So I, I've been research operations. I've led the sales team. I've led client delivery teams. I've, you know, really gotten deep into the financials. Uh, and I think that holistic perspective around all of the different departments and all the different priorities that happen at those team levels has really served me well in my current role as CEO, because I, I do try and always take a step back and make sure we're balancing across the entire organization. 
And if every team, if every department can optimize what they're doing, then collectively, you know, that's how we really get the engine churning uh, and, and pushing forward. So it's, um, it's a lot, you know, I still love to get into the weeds, but I, you know, spend most of my time, you know, uh, 30,000 foot view these days. I love it. I want to join you 30,000 feet. Can we just be here? <laughs> I'm a little smaller than KJ's, so. but it's so cool to hear someone who really rose through the ranks. You, you, you earned all of your stripes, uh, you know, 15 years at KJT and being able to have an appreciation for what everybody does. I think that's something that is so cool to have in a CEO. And that probably kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that you're employee owned that, you know, you're one of them. <laughs> I am. Awesome. I still, I, yeah, I still am. And I really do. I mean, um, so our, our founder, Ken Tomaszewski, uh, who's, you know, still involved with the company on the board. And, you know, he was our CEO uh, until just May this year. Um, he afforded me all those opportunities and, you know, was able to, I, I was, I guess, willing to play the game and, and pivot and say, okay, the company needs this. We're growing in this way, or this is an unmet need. Why don't, you know, you take the slack here and, and try this out for a couple of years. And, you know, I would just zig and zag and he trusted me enough to, to take on all those roles and the different responsibility. And um, I couldn't be more pleased. I mean, it, it's been an incredible journey over the last 15 years. Well, I love it. One core value that you mentioned was mindfulness. And I thought that might be a good thing for us to bring up because we were just recently at the Women in Research Executive Retreat. And it's such a refreshing time, really, for CEOs to you know, let our hair down, so to speak. Yes, we did drink wine. I mean, we were in Sonoma. Come on, what were we supposed to be doing? <laughs> but one of the things that really um, I enjoy about you is how you show up in the conversation. And I think that does come from a living out of that value, that mindfulness. And, you know, I really enjoy hearing from Anise Cavanaugh. She's the one who talked about like contagious culture and you know, just how really the the energy that you bring into the room is so important and how we have to be mindful of it. And we are the caretakers of it and we're responsible for it. And when it doesn't go our way, which at some point it's not going to, you know, we also need to self-correct, you know, and be, the, be our own police and, and realize that sometimes, you know, we get thrown too as CEOs and we might walk into a room the wrong way and, and need to shift, but how quickly you can shift really is about that success, but what, what were some of your takeaways or some thoughts that you had from the women in research event, because this was your first one and it was so cool to have, you know, new, new conversations and new people that that's really what that place is all about. Yeah, that was, uh, you're right. It was my first wire event and it was, it was fabulous. I mean, you know, I've, um, you know, being located where we are in Rochester, I, I do have Lisa in my backyard, but it's not like there's a ton of market research companies or insights and analytics organizations here that, you know, I can really feed from. So it was fabulous just to meet colleagues, you know, broader extensions of the network and, and folks who are in very similar roles with a lot of the same challenges and be able to connect on everything from, you know, corporate strategy to personnel to, you know, personal life, uh, frankly. So it's, um, it was, you know, kind of warms your soul a little bit to know like, Hey, someone else is going through the same thing as me. And, uh, that's, that's always really nice. But 
I think one of the one of the most interesting sessions um, that we went through was really doing the Enneagram test. So I, I, I love a good personality profile. I mean, I'm a researcher through and through, right? So what's not to like? But going through that and seeing how that uh, I show up in that way and how I either you know am more compatible with some styles or less compatible with some styles. Again, really looking to build up my own understanding of who I am and how I show up to meetings, how other people perceive me and, you know, just really being open to exploring all of that. And then also being much more empathetic around not just self-awareness around what that that is and what it's not, but also how the rest of my team is and kind of mapping them out and saying, Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, if they're like this, or if they're my five and they're my three, like we share this, but we don't share that. And, Mapping all of that out really just crystallizes so much in my mind around how to show up, right? Right. Because as a CEO, you got to be authentic. You have to be who you are. And um, I'm a very candid person, but at the same time, if somebody needs something a little bit different from me, I can, you know, flex different parts of my personality. and, And, you know, that's, that was, that was really inspiring part of the conference for me. Yeah, I think that was so key because too many times people take these personality things and then it becomes these labels. But I love what you had to say. It's like, it's about flexing different parts of it. Some of them are just more natural to us. And it's just, you know, that's, that's how we show up, you know, unconsciously, but that we do have the power to show up consciously and be something different just for that brief moment, just in order to empathetically respond to somebody. (laughs) It's like so simple, but so freaking powerful. Yeah. And it definitely takes practice or, you know, I'm finding it is a um, practice behavior. It can be a learned behavior. So it does come more and more naturally, Yeah, Um, but still on that journey. (laughs) Do you remember off the top of your head, what number you are? I'm an eight. I leave with my eight. Yeah. Okay. So you're the challenger. And I, yeah, it's uh, I definitely, I think one of the things I took away from it was, you know, you get stuff done, right? right. Um, you've got a lot of high expectations and you set the bar pretty high around you. So um, yeah, because you think you can do it, you know, therefore, why couldn't you ask everybody else just to, you know, show everybody up else? Too? <laughs> but we were talking about that because a lot of CEOs in the room are an eight. I'm a seven. I'm the enthusiast. And Mm -hmm. it makes sense when people realize that if, if, um, if I'm not having fun, we're kind of (laughs) done. So hence the you and me sitting down and drinking wine, Yes, (laughs) I'll get things done, but man, we're going to, we're going to be drinking some wine while we're doing it. (laughs) Um, okay. So this is very cool where you've gone in this year. I know that, you know, in 2022, which we're recording this right at the very tail Mm -hmm. end of 2021, but we're all thinking about 2022. Is there something that you want to completely flip on its head or something that you just want to just keep going steady or what? Like, what's your thought process going into that new year? So we have gone through a pretty dramatic growth this year, and we've been fortunate to be able to hire enough employees and really, you know, kind of ramp up what I think one of our biggest initiatives for the first half of next year is really going to be around solidifying the core. So we have several new technology-enabled solutions that are going to help our teams be more efficient and really optimize some of our internal processes And we're kind of matching that up with some, we're doubling down on training and development and, you know, everything else that we're doing there to make sure that all of our employees are in the right roles with the right skill sets and can really show up. And again, back to empowerment, you know, like make all the decisions and do what they need to do so that 
again, we can all grow and build this momentum together. So, you know, we really uh, exploded a bit this year and as far <laughs> as our growth and, and we did a great job hanging on for the ride, but I'm looking forward to, you know, the first half of next year, really just kind of tightening, tightening screws a little bit, committing to the core and building that even stronger foundation. So for our next surge, you know, we're even in a better position. Right. And then, so you'll just have so many more conversations around that core values and coming back and revisiting processes and, and standard operating procedures all the time saying, are these ringing true? Are these still working? But, you know, as a, as a thank you for coming on, I do want to just ask you straight out, you know, who is the perfect kind of client for KJT? What, you know, based on the services that you provide, who is it that just, you know, basically it, it ends the day going, oh my gosh, if I didn't have KJT, I don't know what we, we would be doing. So tell us a little bit about that ideal client who should be working with you right now. Yeah. So uh, I kind of alluded to this before, but we employ service design thinking principles. And part of that is our user centricity. Um, we take a really holistic view on the market of what's going on. Almost everything we do is custom work. So um, someone who needs support, uh, planning for launch is kind of one of our ideal client targets. They are in life sciences in some fashion, either pharmaceutical, medical device, um, maybe some sort of medical capital equipment. And we do a really great job being a trusted advisor to our clients, really getting immersive, having really deep, intimate relationships with our clients. We know their products, we know their services just as well as they do. And then we're co-creating that design. We're co-creating what is the evidence and we're really planning everything out to know that at the end of the day, they're going to have a lot of confidence in the business decision that they need to make and that they can, you know, go back to their senior leadership team. They can go back to investor relations, you know, whoever it happens to be. Um, we find that like medium sized company that has one or more assets in the pipeline for development and need a lot of strategic work to be done. That's our sweet spot. Well, then it's a good thing you're an eight because you can get some things done. <laughs> I do like it when I really hear from someone that, uh, uh, you know, when they really get to talk about their strengths, I think so often, especially as CEOs, I feel like we are talking about, you know, how do we, uh, you know, um, I really hate this phrase, get out of your comfort zone. I'm like, why, why would we do that? Humans have been trying to get back in their comfort zone for since the dawn of man, <laughs> like, why, you know? And so with KJT group, I look at that and say, great work in that sweet spot. You know, you know who that, you know, ideal client is. It, it is very rare to hear someone saying that they get involved so much that they know the product suite just as well as the client does. That's very rare. Yeah. And it actually plays back to one of our core values too, because we talk about what is everyone's best and highest purpose? You know, like, are you in the right role? Are you optimizing? What are your strengths? And if not, then again, like we're not the kind of company that's just going to constantly be having you work on your weaknesses or your quote unquote areas of opportunity. We want to take what you bring to the table and what you can do better and easier than anybody else and really afford you those opportunities where you can shine because ultimately that's going to help you come back to balance as well. If you're in that role that is really relying more on your strengths than just your weaknesses or things that you need to work on, you're never going to get balance. And we, we want balance for all of our employees. 
I could not agree more with you, Michaela, because to me, that's about also another one of your core values of the respecting your peers, you know, and your colleagues, because you're going to respect their time, respect their efforts. And in that way, respect their gifts. Like these are the skills that people bring. And when you constantly try and make them into somebody they aren't, to me, that, that, that does not really respect the, you know, the, the skills they come to the table with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an uphill battle and nobody's happy at the end of the day. So. No, right. Let's, let's quit having that. Well, I always refer to my job as the stunning discomfort of entrepreneurship, but we'll just put it the stunning discomfort of being the CEO. There are <laughs> stunning moments and there's just stunning discomfort, I don't know. <laughs> but somehow we make it all work. But, you know, I do want to just give this shout out and say, go check out their website at 20 deep, uh, two zero deep.com. I mean, you know, this is Michaela. This is my friend. So go check out her winery. And if you're in the upstate New York area, then definitely go check it out. And then um, call me before you go. Cause I'll come, I'll join you and we'll sit around and have some wine, but next conversation, Michaela, hundred percent, we have to have a glass of wine in our hands. I'm there. You know me. I'll be <laughs> Well, you can also go obviously visit them at KJT group and, um, Michaela, thank you so much for being willing to just be open about this, this interesting transition and also about what a cool, you know, shining light really KJT group is being in the insights industry with going with, uh, employee ownership. It, it, it really, to me, it is inspiring. I do hope we see more of that. I'm not saying there's something wrong with, you know, all of this other, you know, uh, private equity money that it's, it's not a this or that. It's just nice to see a balance and see a mix. And also I love having friends who are living in both sides of the CEO world because you get to appreciate really what does PE money bring for you? And also what does employee ownership bring it? They're just, it's such a different experience. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I will see you soon. And from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.